it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. With you until 6 o'clock this evening, kind of a revamped lineup. We're kind of into vacation time right now with uh, Matt Daniels is not on vacation. He's working, but he'll join us on the phone in just a few minutes. Scott Ritchie is off, as is Bob Osmussen. So Lauren Tate has agreed to uh, extend his contract with the yours truly. And uh, How many guys did you ask before me? <laughs> <laughs> You were the number one choice, my friend. Matt Daniels is with us, the sports editor of the uh, News Gazette. Matthew, how are you doing on this Monday? I'm doing well, Steve, uh, and thanks, Lauren, for, for being so accommodating. The, <laughs> the nice thing uh, about working there is that most times the the backups are better than the, the starters, so thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming in and uh, keeping Steve company in there tonight. Yeah, it was a sympathy vote. He felt sorry for me. <laughs> I've done a few shows over the years by myself, so it can be done, but... Uh, he uh, you couldn't know, find anything else to do. You won't talk about it, but that was a wonderful uh, golf match you had today. You and, and Mike Small won against Joe Thompson and and uh, and, and the, the Mike guy, Walner. Yeah, the guy that runs the place out there couldn't even beat you, could he? No, we had a good time. It was, I thought Walner played pretty good. He though. did. Yeah, we all played pretty well at times. All of us had a birdie or two, and mm-hmm. it was a. It was a fun day, and you're right. I don't, there's you, no, are you going to buy lunch tomorrow with all that money you won? What God, I might consider that. <laughs> it was it was a good time. You're not going to buy lunch, Lauren. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I didn't make any money. <laughs> Lauren's got a little bit of Lou Henson in him. He, you got to watch him. He'll grab that check on uh, our <laughs> weekly lunches before you know it. But uh, it's fun to play golf, and in your case, uh, Lauren, watch some of it today yeah, with I a re- guy like Mike Small. I mean, Small it really hits the ball long. I'm telling you, he's un- unbelievable for a senior. You know, he's a senior on the tour, and he can play. Out. He hits the ball as long as any of them. Yeah, he does. He's uh, When he was playing on the senior tour regularly, he led or was in the top four or five in total driving accuracy at, and distance. At par five of the first hole, he hit the first shot. I don't know how far, 300 or so, and then he hits a hybrid 250 or more onto the green, and he's putting for eagle on the first hole. I thought, you got a pretty good partner, Steve. <laughs> I know how to pick him, don't I? <laughs> but that, that was a good time, and uh, we've got some other golf news we'll talk about a little later on, but we want to talk to Matt about uh, getting set for the uh, Tuesday morning paper after a busy weekend. What's uh, What's on tap? What's coming up? Yeah, no, it, uh, football continues uh, to roll along with uh, with training camp, and uh, you know I've got a column in, in the paper tomorrow, and uh, Colin Likas has got a, a story off of uh, more focused on Art Satowski, the, the backup quarterback right now for, for Illinois, and, and Brett Bielema spoke highly of the Rutgers transfer uh, this afternoon, and you know Illinois is in a position where they've got two quarterbacks that have both started at Big Ten schools other than Illinois. Uh, with Peters at Michigan and Sikowski at 
at Rutgers, so uh, got to look at that. And then, uh, you know, kind of another big story too happened late Sunday night with uh, with Jalen Quinn, the uh, Tuscola boys basketball standout, uh, Division One recruit, uh, verbally committed to Loyola Chicago on, on Sunday night. So. I uh, will have more on on that in in Tuesday's paper, and that's just uh, you know, in the Associated Press top twenty five came out today, and we've got to look at at all twenty five teams uh, in, in the paper tomorrow, along with the full poll. So uh, I think at least in, in Tuesday's paper, Scott Ritchie is voting on that. You're going to have how he voted as well. Yeah, we ran that in, in Sunday's paper, okay. um, but yeah, Scott uh, Scott was no dummy. He's uh, he's uh, he put Alabama at number one in, in the Crimson Tide, or we're at number one uh, in, in the first poll that came out today, not to the surprise of hardly anyone. Uh, Ohio State did get a first place vote, and the Buckeyes check in at number four. Uh, they're the highest ranked uh, Big Ten team. I don't, off the top of my head, remember exactly how many uh, Big Ten teams were in there, but I know there was a glut kind of there in the, the late teens. Uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, Penn State are all in there. Um, Indiana's yeah, in there as uh, well. Indiana in there as well, exactly. Uh, so it's going to be you know, another interesting football season, and just really glad that uh, it should be, knock on wood, hopefully a full football season. Another one of those projects you guys get going on that kind of amaze me when I, when I read them <laughs> on uh, Sunday morning. And last week uh-huh. it was the, the top teams, and yesterday was the top 100 players in college football. How long did it take you guys to agree on that? Uh, not as long as the top hundred games because we were kind of behind the eight ball on that and then starting that a bit late. And we kind of we kind of got the ball rolling on both projects right kind of right around the same time, so we had a little bit more more time and flexibility with uh, the top hundred players and uh, got a lot of great contributions too uh, from beat writers across the country. I think we had I think twenty total uh, that chimed in, so that helped out quite a bit. Um, you know, but Scott Ritchie kind of took the lead on that like he does most things around there so he uh he contributed quite a bit and uh you know voted on a ap, AP preseason all-american team that's going to come out eventually and uh he had a he had good insight on onto some players and it was just a fun project too just to kind of re-familiarize yourself uh, with a lot of the top college football players in the country and um it, it's interesting too because we kind of phrased it to the beat writers we asked you know it's it's subjective about who the top player is. I think you could ask 10 Illinois fans and they'd probably come up with five or six different answers about uh, the most, the top player on this 2021 football roster. But uh, we phrased it to them as who's kind of the most important player. Um, and a lot of quarterbacks were, were taken, but you know, you've got some offensive linemen in there. You've got some linebackers and we tried to break it down to just positional group. We didn't just want to load up with, you know, 50, 60 quarterbacks. We tried to kind of even it out throughout the season. I think we ended up with about 27, 28 quarterbacks. But, you know, we had 14 running backs, uh, 16 wide receivers, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, we just tried to kind of take a paint a picture of, you know, what's to come uh, before the season gets going here in less than two weeks. Matt, what's your approach to the coverage of summer NBA basketball with uh, I.O. And, <laughs> and Hill and some guys out there? You know, I mean – it's uh, it's on TV where people can watch it, and, oh, yeah. and it's kind of mm-hmm. it's going to be telling for Iowa as to, as to where he fits when he reports to this uh, Bulls team, you know, for the regular season. Yeah, I mean, the NBA Summer League has really just kind of taken off and, and skyrocketed in terms of you know coverage and, and TV coverage of it. You know, in the last even four to five years, I'd say, and uh, it was pushed back. 
you know, later this season, obviously with the NBA season ending later than it usually does, and then the NBA draft following. But, you know, we've been keeping tabs on, on what I was doing, and we obviously had a, a really successful game uh, Sunday night. I know the Bulls ended up losing. Uh, I don't know if we'll remember, you know, two, three weeks or even two, three months down the road, you know, who comes out on top in the NBA Summer League. But it's a good chance to, to see a lot of, you know, players that you, you watched in college and also kind of look at some rosters too and say, oh, yeah, that's what happened to that guy. I wonder what he's doing now. So, yeah, the Sumo's got kind of an interesting interesting path now. I know I heard you and Steve talking about it on, on Saturday Sports Talk, but um, the Bulls have really upgraded their roster. Well, and they it really, really started, you know. It really started, you know, probably 24 hours or so after the draft ended and after Desumu was their lone pick. And, you know, he's looking at a, a backcourt now that's got some, some proven veterans. Alonzo uh, Ball obviously kind of headlines that. But Alex Caruso has been a, a known commodity in the league for several years, playing on some, some really good Lakers teams. So, uh, obviously, DeMar DeRozan is kind of the, the headliner of, you know, the offseason for the Bulls. Uh, plays a different position than Desumu, but... Still, uh, you know, you can get all the shares. So um, I don't know how he kind of fits into it. He's going to have to continue to have games like he did uh, on Sunday night and, and really just kind of assert himself, you know, when the eBay season rolls around with the exhibition games and, and in practices up there in, in Chicago. So he, he's got a, a tall task ahead, but he does have, you know, a guaranteed contract, which is good news for a second-round pick. So I'm sure they have some, some plans for him, but... Uh, don't, I would not expect him to be in the starting lineup when the Bulls open the season, but if he can factor in off the bench or, or just kind of be a key key cog in, in Billy Donovan's rotation, I think that bodes well for his, for his NBA future. Well, this time last year, there were many more questions than there were answers <laughs> about a lot of things. But now we're 12 days out from the first uh, Illinois football game against Nebraska, so that means, what, 11 days out for the start of high school football? Yeah, that's true. This year, last year at this time, we were dissecting, you know, every word that Kevin Warren said in this 15-minute BTN appearance for days upon end, it seemed. But yeah, high school football is going to be here before we know it. Uh, next Friday night, not uh, not this upcoming Friday night, but next Friday night is uh, is week one. Uh, really strange to to hear that too, especially after they had a condensed spring season. But uh, you know, our preps coordinator Colin Mike is, is has been on top of that uh, ever since the, the summer rolled around and. We've been counting down our, our preseason top 10 teams, and, and that'll continue this week and, and into next week as well before the games get going and the, the Friday night lights flicker on. And, um, you know, let's just hope for everyone's sake that a full nine-game regular season rolls around and then and the playoffs happen because they didn't have, uh, you know, playoffs back in the spring or state championships or anything like that. So, yeah, it should be uh, another interesting season. Um, you have to look at kind of our area, and I think, uh, Lauren's alma mater, Monticello, will be right up there again. Coley Welter is a really successful coach and has really built up that, that program in his tenure there. Scott Hamilton, the, the coach at Unity, you know, the dean of, our, of coaches in our area. Uh, the Rockets went uh, undefeated back in the spring. I know they did graduate their entire offensive line, but it seems every year, though, Unity just kind of reloads and rebuilds. And, you know, in Champaign, too, Centennial is coming off a promising spring where they kind of hope to turn the corner and get back to some success that they've had in the past. So, um, you know, really eager to see the season get going here and, and just see all, all the results and, and storylines play out. Was that story out of Urbana that they only had 21 players out there? Is that accurate? Yeah, no, it is. Uh, you know, they've got a new coach in, in Edmund Jones. 
uh, a veteran coaching, uh, a veteran coach, both at the college level as an assistant and also in, in the high school ranks. And, you know, Urbana didn't have a, a football team last spring. They, they didn't play any games. Uh, they had low roster turnout, and then they had COVID-19 issues, and, and they didn't play a game at all last spring. So uh, they kick off next Friday night actually against Centennial. I believe that's in Urbana at McKinley Field there. A uh, chance for them to play their first game since 2019, and um, they've had some, some lean years here recently ever since uh, winning their first playoff game in school history in 2012 and going 9-2 and two that season. So a uh, chance for them to, to try to start the, the rebuild, but yeah, Low roster numbers have been kind of an issue for Urbana here in the past. And, uh, you know, Jones is looking to correct that, uh, you know, moving forward now in 2021. Talking to Matt Daniels, sports editor of the News Gazette. You know, in this business, uh, a lot of times uh, people have to wear more than one hat. And you've got some guys <laughs> wearing a lot of hats. With You mentioned Colin Likas on the prep coverage. He's also doing some football coverage. And Scott Ritchie is doing some football and basketball and volleyball. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah, we just all take off. We just all learn from Lauren and the privilege that he set there. So, no, it's uh, uh, you know Scott and, and Colin have, have just been you know dependable workhorses, and you know I I try to I try to be like a good jockey. I try not to ride them too hard, but to kind of pull the reins back when I need to. At, at times, it's all just kind of a, a balance and a juggling act. And uh, you know Joe Vizelli, our, our copy editor, he helps out with women, women's basketball coverage. We'll have a story later this week on on Nancy Stays program and, and what they've been up to. So it's all just a you know a team effort, and uh, obviously it helps when you've got a, a USBA Hall of Fame columnist like Lauren to come uh-huh. through every Sunday. So I, I'm amazed at what you're getting out of, out of so few, few people. I mean, I, it's incredible the turnout and. I asked, I, I dared to ask Colin how many hours he works a week, and he, he just, you know, he just kind of laughed at me. Well, Lauren, when you were sports yeah. editor, how, how many guys did you have, or people did you have I under don't, you? I don't, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. That. Well, <laughs> a lot, a lot more than they have yeah. now. And, I mean, six but, or eight, right? Well, yeah, but some of them were uh, part time. Sure. Yeah, we had students covering some of the schools, but uh, when I when I came here, we we just had three, and then we had. Somebody covering Urbana. Somebody cover. We had different guys cover Urbana, Central, and Centennial. Roger Ebert was one of the one was uh, before me. Was one of the guys that covered. I'll never forget Charlie Dew. Uh, uh, after one of the games, said that guy will never mount anything. <laughs> 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 so Charlie wasn't a great scout, then, uh, at least was, a media uh, scout. He was right? a great guy, though. <laughs> yeah. I love Charlie, but uh, that's an old story that uh, Cavuti tells. Hey, Matt, one more thing for you. We'll let you go. Um, yeah, are you back on the Cardinals bandwagon? I don't know, Steve. I've, I've been <laughs> kind of bantering that back and forth in my head all day. You know, it's great what they did last week going 6-0, and but then again, you have to take stock of, of who they played. And uh, impressive to win on the road, too, and they haven't fared all that great away from Bush Stadium. But uh, the Pirates and Royals are pretty bad. Uh, the pitching's pretty bad for both those teams. But it was good to see the offense kind of rebound at all and it's nice too to to see John Lester and Jay Happ kind of uh, assert themselves a little bit especially after kind of they were much maligned I'd say when, when the Cardinals picked them up at the trade deadline but you know the real test for for Mike Schilt's team happens uh, starting Tuesday night you know a very important three-game series with the Brewers in St. Louis uh, as the schedule starts to toughen up for them a little bit but at this point the Brewers I think are so far ahead in the NL Central that the Cardinals kind of have to glean their hopes on, on you know, 
chasing down the Padres for the wild card spot. Yeah, the, the problem with uh, that is that they got to pa- they got to pass more than just the Padres. They got to, you know, exactly. it, it, there's the there's a lot of teams battling for that second uh, that second playoff berth. That yeah, no, it, it, it's it, they've given me a little enough hope that last night I, I scrolled through my phone and, and started looking ahead at upcoming games for them because I kind of tuned them out when they had that ninth inning disaster against the Cubs last month and just thought this was a a lost season, but now I guess they've they're trying to reel me back in. But uh, I, I I think I'm in the camp too. Where I kind of want to see them prove it against the Brewers before uh, before fully buying into them possibly playing meaningful baseball in October. Hey Matt, thanks for checking in with us. Uh, have a good rest of your evening, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, keep Lauren in line, Steve. Uh, <laughs> I've been spending much of my career trying to do that. <laughs> thanks, Lauren. See you. Yeah, see you, Matt. Matt Daniels with us. Here on Monday Night Sports Talk, he's with us all the time. By the way, we will be returning to uh, the Esquire coming up the, the Monday after Labor Day. So that's coming up before too long. The first football game coming up in 12 days on the weekend before Labor Day, that week zero. And another scrimmage today for Brett Bielma's team. We didn't learn much about it. I, uh, as far as we can tell, nobody was seriously injured him I, I the last scrimmage what you want to know is that everybody that scrimmage can play in the in the in the game against Nebraska and as far as we know although he did say a couple of players got dinged or whatever expression he used it it wasn't it wasn't clear that's going to happen in any practice I think uh-huh. but that's the main thing you're right uh, getting through this uh, without getting anybody hurt and uh, after that, uh, this afternoon, Brett Bielma met with uh, the media, and here are some of his comments. Offensively, we ran the ball fairly well. Um, had a couple offensive touchdowns, some explosive plays, uh, I think, uh, in the throw game. Um, rotated in uh, all four quarterbacks that we'd kind of given time to. With uh, Obviously, BP we got the majority of the work with the ones, uh, but also uh, uh, all the guys did. Matt, uh, uh, Art, and, and Ryan all got work with the ones as well, so... Guys got got some work there. Um, wide receiver wise, uh, did a, did a couple of nice, uh, had a couple of big play opportunities. Some running, uh, catch, catch and run after the after the throw. Uh, got some red area work, and we're able to block them up defensively. We tackled again pretty well, uh, pretty efficient. Didn't have any missed tackles that I recall, and, and made some nice plays on the ball. Didn't turn the ball over offensively, which was good. Um, and and uh, I know we talked to our guys a lot about. Before we can win the game, we got to uh, stop from losing them. And I think they've really began to understand that. We'll put this one to bed this afternoon, uh, jump into a, you know, we've obviously done a lot of Nebraska preparation already during the spring and during the fall, kind of piecemeal it together. But now we'll really uh, begin to, you know, sink our teeth into the scouting reports, uh, offense, defense, special teams, and get a couple of good practices in before the weekend uh, and have a mock game on Friday uh, and then obviously hit the ground running on Sunday forward. Illinois football coach Brett Bielma this afternoon those quarterbacks that he mentioned he mentioned just uh, their first names but uh, obviously Brandon Peters, Art Stakowski, Matt Robinson, Ryan Johnson are the four there are two other freshman quarterbacks in yeah. that room as well. Yeah and the fact that he that they're not among the top four would indicate that they won't be the guy stepping into the role next season either I, I think that's pretty pretty sure it'll be a Sitkowski, and they've also got a fresh. What's the freshman's name? Leary, the incoming freshman, the one they yes. uh, mm-hmm. recruited. But uh, I, I don't know anything about Ryan Johnson. He's from uh, northern Michigan. Uh, if you go back over the years, Steve, has there ever been a year that Illinois didn't bring in on scholarship at least one quarterback? 
And you know, I w I'm going to do a story one of these days and tell you how many of those fail. Now, the definition of fail, you can, you know, maybe didn't, or, or if he became a starter, maybe only a game or two and then didn't right. pan out after that. And it's, a, I'd say, 80%. Of the top four quarterbacks right now, three of them are transfer students. <laughs> Peters and Sitkowski and Johnson. Yeah. And I don't think, uh, and, and I think that, uh, I don't know what it indicates, but it indicates that, that it's just really hard to figure out when you're, when you're not getting the best there is and you're always getting somebody down the line a little bit because Illinois is not getting the best players at any position uh, when it comes to recruiting. They're not getting five stars. They're not getting many four stars. And one of the four stars that was talked about today, uh, receiver, um, uh, um, oh man, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, forgetting his name right now, but uh, but he's uh, Beeson. Beeson, he's yeah. out. Sounds like he's out for at least two or three games. Marquez Beeson uh, moved to wide receiver he's from defensive never had back. A, he's never had a chance to show them what he can do. I remember the day he got hurt over practice last year. Yeah, and he, he missed spring practice, right. and now he's missing practice now again. I yep. just don't know Beeson's ever going to play. We're going to talk some more football. After our first time out, Kurt Kittner will join us. He's part of the group that is being uh, honored in that first game, the Big Ten Championship team from uh, 2001. We'll talk it over with Kurt Kittner, the Illinois former quarterback. After this, stay with us on Monday Night Sports Talk. The phone lines are open if you want to check in, 217-356-9397. Back with more after this. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Monday Night Sports Talk here on WDWS. Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate. Thanks to Matt Daniels, sports editor of the News Gazette, for spending some time with us. Our usual comrades of Bob Osmussen and Scott Ritchie are both off tonight, so Lauren Tate is joining us on the program. And we're happy to welcome uh, to the airwaves once again our good friend Kurt Kidner former Illini quarterback from uh, 2001 Big Ten Championship team. Kurt, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? Good. What are you up to tonight? I hear you're getting ready to coach uh, coach some football. I'm, I make a flag football evaluation for seven-year-olds tomorrow. So <laughs> Seven-year-olds. <laughs> I, I have that in the draft, and then the season starts. Boy, they're <laughs> taking it serious up there, huh? You, so your oldest is a seven-year-old now? No, my middle is a seven. Okay, um, but it's my. Uh, I try to do assistant coach. They didn't have enough head coaches, so they talked me into it. Mm -hmm. So I, I need to lean heavily on the other dads. That uh, hopefully I get the draft tomorrow. Is it? So that'll be fun. Is it possible that it's been twenty years <laughs> since that uh, Big Ten championship team of two thousand one? You're still cooking along, and Lauren and I are still going. But uh, time flies, doesn't it? I'm no kidding. Sometimes I feel like it went fast, and sometimes I feel like it went slow. So it depends on the day. But, yeah, 20 years ago, it's, that's amazing. Life uh, has obviously changed dramatically since then. Uh, but it'll be good to get back into town and see things, especially after not being able to come uh, last year. So just looking forward to seeing the product on the field. Well, you know, uh, Kurt, this is Lauren. I, I just wonder – how do how does it affect a quarterback when you have a new coach come in and obviously it's a whole new system? Yeah, I mean it's the good thing is you have a, a bunch of guys returning around you, so you you know, I didn't have to deal with this in college. I had a RT the whole time, so um, it's it's definitely difficult. You have to come in and, and learn something new. Hopefully, it fits your style of play. 
and um, you know it just makes you a better player because there's sometimes where there's those changes and they don't really fit you know the quarterback if you're a, an athlete versus a, a drop back guy and you know the opposite come in and, and be your offensive coordinator it's going to change I have a feeling that you know Bielema is going to want to win the line of scrimmage and on both sides of the ball so that's going to they're going to be a physical football team hopefully they've got uh a uh, really veteran the offensive line coming back. If they if they they've got a couple transfers from Wofford and and uh, Cornell. If those two guys start, and I think they're going to, and with the three guys Kramer and Polshevsky and Lowe, they'll have five five year starters, <laughs> five super seniors starting in the offensive line. That's got to be a pretty good thing for. And by the way, the quarterback's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's a tremendous thing and. Being able to protect the quarterback and control the line of scrimmage is the key to really any offense, uh, regardless of what style you're running. So having those veterans there um, and being physical up front and, and moving the ball on first down is so crucial to get a drive going. So that's something, you know, again, we're coming down there and just looking to, to see a good product on the field. You know, a home game and a, and a Big Ten opener, um, I don't know if that's ever happened, but – um, having Nebraska down is going to be going to be fun and a good test to start the season. Talking with Kurt Kidner, you've been watching this program obviously uh, from afar since your days uh, on our uh, broadcast team. So you watched the uh, Lovey Smith era and you've seen the change over to Brett Bielma. Uh, your thoughts about how things have gone and, and your thoughts of uh, when you heard the hiring of Brett Bielma to take over the program. Yeah, no, I, obviously I was excited about the hire you know and i like love you too i i think uh brett is, is at least in my recollection and being at wisconsin is you know former big 10 guy he, he gets it he's been in the big 10 for most of his career um and you know they again like i said they try to win it up front wisconsin was big physical uh type of team and you knew that they were going to run it right at you and you know that's I think what we need to do in order to win games, especially if you know we have the talent coming back and and some experience on the offensive line, and you know I think being able to protect the quarterback um, you know, is crucial. Uh, and I think we have a you know, we have a lot of guys returning, and I don't stay as close to it as I, I was back then, Steve. But I'm excited. You know, I hope, and I always am every beginning of every football season, just cautiously optimistic that. You know, the, the guys are going to go out and work hard, and I think Coach is going to bring a different mentality uh, to the program that we need, honestly. There's going to be a different type of toughness that I, I'm assuming that we're going to be able to see uh, in a few weeks for game one. When you look back on your career, and most specifically that 2001 season, and when you talk things over with guys like Brandon Lloyd and Walter Young and Eugene Wilson and Rocky Harvey and some of those guys. What what are some of your best memories of your time in Champaign-Urbana? Well, that year, I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of good ones. Um, you know, I went back and and looked at it. I think I watched the Sugar Bowl for the first time. Um, you know, last year during COVID, just online. Um, but there was a lot of good games in there. There was Wisconsin, Penn State at night, you know, going to Ohio State. You know the 9-11 happened that season, so right. I think everyone remembers where they were uh, on 9-11. So um, it, it was an interesting year, and playing Louisville that following week was definitely definitely unique. Um, 
but it was really the culmination of four years of, of working hard and playing alongside guys that uh, we had a lot of camaraderie and, and experience together, which, um, you know, you think about it, we were young in at Michigan as, you know, I was a true sophomore, but Walter, um, Greg, Moorhead, and, and Brandon, we had played together for a long time. We had a pretty good mix of the O-line playing with Pachos, Buckus, Deal, um, you know, Boobin and Jay Kulaga had, had basically been there starting for like two or three years straight. So we had a lot of returning talent and, and it showed and we just played well together and we were a fourth quarter football team. But you, you mentioned some pros there with Pachos and Deal. I mean, that's two of the best offensive linemen Illinois ever turned out, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they didn't, again, it's, they're sneaky. Harry was, Harry Heastan, the offensive line coach, was really good yeah. at, and a technician, and he went out and, and coached in the NFL, and a lot of guys that he's coached come back and say he's the best offensive line coach they've ever had. So um, Harry had a way um, of getting the best out of his players. So sometimes they didn't like it at the time, but they always look back and, and compliment him on how good of a coach he was, and you can see the results in a couple of the guys that we just mentioned. Uh, I, I'm sure you're aware that uh, uh, the Bielmas made a, a strong effort to recruit within the state of Illinois and has signed a, has got commitments from a number of, of Illinoisans and uh, is, uh, is is made a real hit with the coaches. So what's your reaction to taking that approach? Because it's not an approach that Lovey took. Yeah, I mean, I'm I've always been of the opinion that we need to do our best in Illinois and St. Louis. And when you look at the nucleus of our last Big Ten championship team, that was a majority of the guys. And I think I heard Coach uh, Turner say it is, when you look at our two deep um, from the Big Ten championship team, there's only a handful of guys that weren't from you know, a border state, either from Illinois or a state that immediately borders Illinois. Um, and you could probably name those guys fairly easily, but that's where I think you need to focus. Um, at least back in the day when we were young, you'd, you'd read in the paper about Tony Pachos and Deal and Antonio Harris and Rocky Harvey. And so when you get down to Champaign in your first day at camp, you already kind of know them because you've been reading about them in the local paper or the, you know, the Chicago papers up here. Um, so there's some sense of connectivity there. And I think that that helps form the bond that you need to be a good football team because it is, you know, it's, 11 guys on a side all trying to win and you have to make the best football team it's not always the talent that wins and i think that year we won just because we were closer and we worked well together take us back real quick to your recruitment was it illinois all the way who else uh, did you look at or consider uh it was, it was uh illinois michigan state iowa wisconsin um you know kentucky but i, I didn't think i was going to go down there so i mean there's mainly big Ten schools i was being recruited by and I wanted to commit before my senior year of high school started and before I took a snap. So, um, you know, RT had just gotten to Illinois. He hadn't coached a game yet. Um, and I felt like, you know, his system, you know, fit me as a player and that I'd have a chance to play early. So, um, you know, as opposed to going somewhere else and, you know, having to maybe compete when you're a junior, which was typical at the time. There's not a lot of young young guys that get out on the field as a freshman, sophomore. So I wanted to have that opportunity, and obviously it worked out. Hey, Kurt, good to catch up with you. Don't let the uh, pressures of 
flag football team <laughs> picking get to you. And uh, we, we look forward to seeing you down here in uh, about 12 days. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Kurt Kittner with us from uh, 2001 championship team. What a great career he had. He had a great season that year. Passed for 3,256 yards and 27 touchdowns. 27. You know, uh, when guys stick around three or four years and, and they're really good to begin with, that's when we've had success, if you think about it. I mean, same thing with uh, Williams. When he mm-hmm. was his fourth year, he was a lot better quarterback than he was when he was a freshman. Right. And I'm sure Kurt was too. And um, there, there just haven't been enough of those, really. It is 544. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. Lauren Tate and yours truly, Steve Kelly. We'll be back with more after this. Stay with us. The Associated Press preseason top 25 football. We talked about it a little bit earlier with Matt Daniels, but uh, that came out today. No major surprises. You've got uh, Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, and Georgia in the top five. Georgia and Clemson opened the season against each other, Lauren, in uh, week one. So a battle of the number three and number five right out of the gate. Yeah, I, the, one, I, the game I really I, I'm interested in is Ohio State's going to start, you know, half the team is brand new, including the quarterback, and they're at Minnesota, and Minnesota's got a veteran team. Can Minnesota hang in? I've asked you this question before, and I know you probably think I'm crazy, but I think that could be a game for a while. I don't think you're crazy, and you know that I'm a little biased when sure. when you talk about Ohio State because I'm a Big Ten guy. But uh, I, I I recognize your point, but I think uh, even the guys that you don't know about at Ohio State are guys that uh, might be playing on Sunday before too long. They're just well, getting their right. chance. Well, that's right. They'll be playing on Sunday, but they but this is their first game. I for understand. A lot. And I just sometimes you make mistakes. You know, we talk about how how a game goes, and and, and games go uh, uh, in in many cases on turnovers and mistakes, and uh, young teams make mistakes. But anyway, that's a, that's a that's an early game that that uh, I think will be interesting. And of course, Indiana Iowa uh, is going to be a big one for both teams. Yeah, rounding out the top ten in the AP poll: Texas A and M, number six; Iowa State, seventh; Cincinnati, eight. Notre Dame 9, and North Carolina in the number 10 slot. Then you've got uh, Wisconsin at 12, Indiana 17, Iowa 18th, Penn State 19th out of the uh, Big Ten. Michigan and Northwestern both received some votes in that preseason poll. Let's go to the phones, 217-356-9397. Eric is with us. Go ahead, Eric. Hey guys, uh, Kirk uh, Kittner brought up a point about the, he didn't know if there'd ever been a Big Ten opener before, and I remember the last one that I, I was actually at was in '95 when Michigan uh, was here. They opened up uh, the season against Illinois. Uh, actually, they opened up I think back-to-back seasons against Michigan '95 and '96. Yeah, they had they had one year in there where they opened up against Northwestern too in yeah, the first Yeah, Northwestern game. and Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. And I remember so we we put, before, we, put it, it, we put George Perlis out of business there. <laughs> Beat him uh, several times, <laughs> as I recall. I... Go ahead. Them being Big Ten games really, really um, seems to – it has a bigger impact, obviously, than, than normal non-conference. And, uh, so, yeah, this this ends up being a really big game. It looks like they're, they're a, a, about a seven-point dog, I think, to start, to start out. I don't know if the Lions are out much yet, but 
um, I don't know. I'm looking forward. I, I, you know, it's funny too. I was also thinking, when's the last time a Illinois coach won his Big Ten debut? And I was wasn't that long ago. It was actually Bill Cubitt against North Nebraska. <laughs> hmm. I remember that one. I yeah. Think okay. That game. Yeah. But, uh, I haven't seen. Anyway, I've not seen a line on the game yet. I'm not saying there's not one out there somewhere, but I haven't seen one yet. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to share that when Kurt mentioned that about a Big Ten opener. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. All right. We'll keep the phone lines open here for the next ten minutes or so. Besides the uh, AP Top 25 football rankings, the volleyball Top 25 preseason ranking came out today, and there are six Big Ten teams in the. Uh, Top 25, number two, Wisconsin, number five, Nebraska, Minnesota, seven, Purdue, eight, Ohio State, 11, and Penn State, 12. Wow. Illinois and Michigan both receiving votes. Well, it's, it's hard to climb up in that Big Ten. you got so many good schools. Volleyball is like wrestling in the, in the mm-hmm. Big Ten, isn't it? Yeah. You could be number seven in the Big Ten and still in the top 25. Yeah. And it happens quite frequently. So a lot of stuff going on there. The uh, Back to Illinois football with that scrimmage today. Uh, this middle of this week, they kind of put all the uh, Nebraska preparation and practice and uh, uh, notes and such uh, and schemes in uh, service. And they kind of narrow it down to when they get to game week. And then the next week will be game week. And they'll be here before we know it. Yes, sneaking up on us. And, I, you know, and I think that the team is in pretty – as far as we know, uh, there's no. Uh, we haven't lost any regular. The, all the players that we expect to play are going to be in there. I, I think Pelshevsky and Tolson and 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 um, Epstein and I think that all the guys that haven't practiced every day are still available. But uh, we might learn more in the next few days because sometimes uh, there there could be a, there could be somebody that got hurt in this practice today that we don't know about. We mentioned uh, some golf notes off the top. Uh, In mentioning Mike Small, uh, he won the Illinois PGA Senior Championship. Fifth time, huh? For the fifth time last week. Next week he plays in the Illinois PGA uh, regular tournament in in, uh, the state of Illinois. So Uh, he's got a lot going. How many times he won that? A handful. Uh (laughs) Maybe more than that. Yeah. They ought to rename those trophies uh, after him. And congratulations to Nick Hardy. Yeah, I'll say. Who got his PGA Tour card, and the new PGA season starts in a couple of weeks. It's not, it used to start, you know, like in December in Hawaii, but it turns around and starts right away. Really? So he'll be out there and uh, getting uh, getting some rounds in on the PGA Tour. He earned that with a top 25 finish in the uh, Corn Ferry Tour there. So congratulations he, he to Nick He just squeezed in, didn't he? He did. Yeah. But he would have been there last year if it wasn't for COVID. He would have uh, would have been playing right there. So uh, congratulations to Nick Hardy. And, uh, you know, Mike Small, we talked about it today when we spent four hours with him. But he's really proud of the guys that uh, he's coached. And not boastful necessarily about them, but he, he follows them all very closely. And he's got a whole lot of guys out there to follow. Oh, I'll say. Well, Nick's just, uh, he can make a lot of money, but you got to get it under and you got to keep it under. Yep, let's squeeze in another call here before the final break. Let's go on the air with Steve. Go ahead, Steve. Yes, I remember a Big Ten opener that Lauren Tate and Ed Bond will remember. Gary Moeller's first game. It yep. was against Northwestern. And Sports Illustrated wrote in the paper, is this a game anybody can win? And the final score was 0-0. Zero to zero. <laughs> 
But we threatened more than they did. <laughs> we gained more yards, but the, you're right. Yeah, that was a that game has been uh, used many times for people talking about the low point in Illinois football. But Ed Bond, that probably remembers that game too. Oh yeah, Ed, Ed Ed's got a better memory than I do. He'd remember. Hey, Steve, thanks. We appreciate that. Okay. Remember that quite well, actually. 5.55. We'll take a final break and back with some final words after this. Got a couple of minutes left here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate. Baseball tonight. The Cubs are in Cincinnati trying not to lose their 12th straight game. Cardinal fans might be pulling for the uh, Cubs against the Reds. The Cubs are unrecognizable right now. You can't even, I mean, they've got a different guy in right field. They've got a different guy in catcher. They've got a different guy everywhere. That even, even some of the players that are still on the team are not there. Yep. They've lost 11 in a row. The White Sox tonight take on Oakland on the south side. The Cardinals are off. Tonight. They had every Monday. Mm-hmm off this month at least and of course there's only been a couple but uh, they've had like three Mondays in a row off and, and they've, Thursday they've had some time off yeah they have and they open a series at Bush Stadium tomorrow against the uh, division leading Milwaukee Brewers Lord appreciate you coming in and right. uh, holding my hand so to speak tonight keeping me company thanks mm-hmm. to Matt Daniels for checking in with us on the phone and we'll be back with you again uh, next Monday night here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Lauren and I will be back with you on Saturday Sports Talk as well. Thanks to Kurt Kidner for taking time to visit with us on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks to the aforementioned Ed Bond for his help as well. This is Steve Kelly. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon.